Welcome to the Becoming Her podcast, where we learn to become healthy, enthusiastic, and resilient young women. Healthy defined as being prosperous and flourishing physically, mentally, and emotionally. Enthusiastic being defined as having zeal or fervor for your present and your future. And resilience being defined as having the ability to bounce back from trauma stronger than you were before. So if you are seeking personal growth in these areas, stay tuned for some helpful tips. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Becoming Her Podcast. We're so excited to be back here um, with you guys recording another episode. Unfortunately for this episode, Nishia is not with us but she will be back in the next one. Um, So she's out doing great things, uh, being a busy college student and working, and we miss her, but she will be back in the next episode. So for today, we do have a special, special treat. Um, This is honestly an honor for me, so I'm gonna stay calm the whole episode. (laughs) But we have a special guest today, um, Dr. Artina McCain. She's a piano professor, and I will not introduce her. I will let her introduce herself um, as the guest. So Dr. McCain, we're so pleased to have you. Well, thanks so much, Destiny. I'm, I'm honored to be on your podcast. Like, wow. <laughs> It's an honor to have you on here. I've been following you and your work for a while. Um, and so I'll let you tell the guests who you are and we'll go ahead and get the episode started. Sure. Well, my name is Artina McCain. I am a concert artist, an educator, um, and a chamber musician, I guess in a nutshell. And currently I teach at the University of Memphis where I'm the coordinator of the keyboard area and I teach applied piano and chamber music. I also have a duo with my husband who's a bass trombone player. So some people, there's some brass fans out there. We're known as the McCain duo. And I'm just so excited to be talking to Destiny and inspiring the next generation. It's like super, it's just as much an honor for me. So thanks for the ask. Thank you so much. I I discovered you a while back. Um, uh, like I like everyone who most people who listen to the podcast know I am a music education major. So Dr. McCain, when I see you, I see <laughs> I see what I would really genuinely like to aspire to um, one day. So again, thank you for being on. So tell us a little bit about yourself, um, your family background, um, your work, your hobbies. What are what are some things that uh, you would like for us to know about you? Ooh, that's so loaded. Okay, so if I don't <laughs> answer everything, you know, please feel free to be like, you didn't tell me. What you're you're good. You're good. <laughs> so I'm originally from Dallas, Texas, and um, you know, I think a lot of people who become professional musicians or maybe they make assumptions that. Like, oh, you must have grew up in a musical household or your parents must play. But nope, (laughs) my parents don't play any (laughs) instruments. My grandmother played the piano. And of course, my entire family is very supportive. But yeah, I don't come from a musical family. My dad is an engineer. My mom has had many different careers over her lifetime, including being an actress, which maybe is where I get some of my creativity from. Yeah, I have two. younger brothers. And yeah, my whole family still lives in Texas. So that's kind of my family background. And currently, since I teach at University of Memphis, I live in Memphis. And my husband's from Memphis. So that worked out also very nicely. That's awesome. Yeah. So what was your other question, Destiny? What do you want to know outside my family? So that's (laughs) awesome about your family background. Very interesting. Like you said, a lot of people do assume musicians, well, outside of the music world, they would assume that musicians, um, you know, were just 
when you start at three, you're just going to, that's what you're going to do and, and everything. And sometimes it doesn't work that way. I know in my family, the only, uh, my dad plays piano and guitar. And I think that's where I got a little bit of that from. But like we said, it's not always a, a when you, when you're born, people decide you're going to become a great concert pianist. It's very interesting hearing about your family. Um, what are some of your hobbies before we get into your work? Because most of the episode will be about your work. What are some of your hobbies? Oh, okay. <laughs> so let's just be honest. During the pandemic, we were all sitting <laughs> at home, right? Exactly. Yes, we couldn't, couldn't really do a whole lot of things. So, oh, so unfortunately, Debbie, uh, Jesse, my <laughs> newest hobby has been like online shopping. Wow. Which- <laughs> Honestly, same. <laughs> Which is funny because literally before the pandemic, I would have friends say, oh, you know, I bought this online or I did this online. Or you know, even one of my mentors was like, oh, I do this online. I was like, I don't do anything online. Like, why would you want to do that? And uh-huh. oh, my goodness, <laughs> my whole house is now furnished with new online furniture. And like I have new fashion hobbies. And if you ever see me do an online concert, like, you know, I change dresses like five times. Right, <laughs> right. Concerts, so <laughs> that that's. I don't know if it's a good new hobby, but I'm thoroughly enjoying the world of online shopping. So that's one. Um, I also really enjoy like just being active. Like my husband and I like going for walks in our neighborhood and um, we're pretty social people. So, you know, pre-pandemic, we do like to host parties and events. So if you're ever my way, Destiny, you got to come by. Oh, yes, ma'am. I would love to. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I think just spending time with friends and family is uh, something that's really important to us. That is awesome. So I have had a secret for a long time that I've been, uh, my hobby has been online shopping too, which my it's no secret to my family. Amazon has become my best friend. So I'm glad to find another person who, who that's considered their hobby. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> It's a hobby that I have to rein in as a college student, but you know, during COVID, we were all at home, and I'm glad we're returning to some to- some type of normalcy. But I think I still will keep that hobby around. So no judgment for me. Um, <laughs> so aside from your hobbies, and this is where we're sort of get into your work. Um, what are you passionate about? Mm, musically, or just like period? Uh, just period. Just in general. Hmm. Well, I think I'm I'm really passionate about people, which plays in, you know, really well as being a musician as well. Exactly. But yeah. I really am passionate about connecting with people and helping people, you know, realize their dreams. I mean, that's why even talking to you now and, and your listeners is is such an honor because I realize what influence does as I grow in my career and, you know, just as a human being and mature. Like influence is huge huge. And Mm -hmm. so I think for myself, as I mature, I realize that I want to have a big influence on, you know, it's one person or two people or 10 people. Um, that's really a blessing to be able to do that. That is awesome. And like you said, it's not even just as a musician, I think just as young women, just as people, we have to remember that, um, you know, it's, what you do is important, but who you influence is important as well. And you never know who's watching you. You never know who's watching your life. And it would be such a shame to be so good at what you do, whatever it would be, whether that's engineering or teaching or um, playing an instrument, which is what we have in common. But 
even if you are a manager at a fast food restaurant and you're so good at what you do, but you don't take the time to influence other people, that would be a tragedy. You know, it's it's a waste of everything you've put in. Um, so that's a great point that you made about, you know, people are the real reason why we do what we do. Um, so let's get into a bit of your background, um, your your current background. Um, so I do believe you are living your your dream job. I could be wrong, but that's the next question I have for you. Uh, what is your current job, which you mentioned before? And is this your dream job? Yeah, it's so funny <laughs> you asked that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I do think I am sort of living a dream job, right? Because so many musicians, you know, they want a university teaching position or just any type of position really as right. musicians. So to have a full-time position, you know, in a good city. I mean, Memphis is an awesome city. I mean, we have barbecue mm -hmm. and live music and entertainment and museums. So the combination of being able to teach and influence other people and also live in a great city and, you know, a bonus, my husband's also a musician. So I have a chamber music partner. I mean, that is kind of a dream, but that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's not your question. So I would say kind of my dream, cause I, I don't want to be stagnant, right? I, I feel like I'm too young in my career to be stagnant. So I do feel like kind of my dream would be to keep doing all the things I just mentioned, but at a continuously higher level. So I'm always, you know, kind of striving for, you know, how can I be a better teacher? You know, how can I influence more people as a concert artist? You know, what else can I do mm -hmm. as an academic and research or, you know, other things that I'm interested in curating programs? So so I always want to do what I'm doing at a higher level. So I, I just have to be patient and see <laughs> what the next steps are. Exactly. And that's part of the podcast. Part of what we do here is inspiring young women to become, uh, I'm the, the title Becoming Her, the Her, H-E-R stands for healthy, um, enthusiastic, and resilient. And that's part of what we do here is to make sure that um, young women have an outlet and a resource to become the best version of themselves, the healthiest, most enthusiastic, and most resilient version of themselves. And it's so great to see women like you that are passionate about what they do and don't want to stay stagnant. So what are some things you do um, in your work or just in your personal life to ensure that you don't remain stagnant? Ooh, that's such a good question, Destiny. <laughs> oh, was that on your sheet? I don't remember that. No, okay. I honestly just came up with it. <laughs> I got oh inspired God. by what you were saying. I said, let me ask her another. Let me no, throw something the, in there. <laughs> that's the best kind of interviews. I love it. I'm like, ooh, keep me on my toes. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so what are the things that I do? Um, well, <laughs> there's a few things. Well, I didn't mention that my husband and I like to stay active. So, and I'll talk about that more with, when we talk right. about my performance injury, but yeah, taking care of my body or taking care of your body, whatever that looks like is super important. I mean, mm -hmm. regardless of whether you're a musician or a stay at home mom, or you're like a CEO of a company, like if your body doesn't function, like you cannot function. Right. Right. So that my health um, both physically, mentally, spiritually is so important to me. So I think those are the, actually the three areas. Thank you. I just came up with that right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, spiritually, I am a person of faith. So being in a, a faith community and, and reading and 
praying is really important for keeping me together spiritually and mentally. Um, I'm not ashamed to tell people that they should get help when they need to get help. So if you are suffering mentally from anxiety or other mental health issues, I mean, go and seek the professional guidance and counselor that you need. And then physically, I mean, I think probably, especially for women, we we wear ourselves out, you know, trying to be yes, ma'am. <laughs> all the things that all the people and, you know, that probably only just increases as we age and we have other responsibilities with family or bigger job opportunities, et cetera. So I think that's something I'm learning continuously is to put my own self-care first as right. well as the other things I mentioned. Exactly. That's great. Because as women, we do run ourselves down and we, we don't even realize it. I experienced that so many times uh, during the semester where I just, I remember one time I was just like, how do you do everything? <laughs> how can you do everything you do and want to accomplish everything on your list and even accomplish more and not feel burnt out? And and that's when I realized I was like, okay, I need to take a break. I need to, <laughs> I need to go do something else. You don't need to run yourself in the ground because you won't be at your best you know, when you're not, when you're physically run down, physically exhausted. Um, So that's a great point that you made there. Now, getting back to um, the list of questions, I, I can't promise that I won't come up with another question based on what you say, but but our next question for you is what inspired you to pursue music? Yeah, that's so great. So, you know, as I mentioned earlier in my family, we were, really not musical family. I mean, they appreciate music, but at nine years old, I I love to tell the story that my mother didn't care for my singing and I was running around the house singing all the time. So she put me in piano lessons and that was kind of the beginning of that. It was the beginning and the rest of my life really. So of piano and I had some really good you know, teachers and mentors. So, you know, I had a wonderful teacher to begin with at age nine. And then my family moved to Orlando, Florida. So not too far from you, Destiny. Mm-hmm. Or my, aunt, my aunt actually lives in Orlando in that area. So we, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. So I went to Dr. Phillips High School, which is a performing arts high school in Orlando. And I have to say the time that I was there, it was just booming. Like I'm sure many of you may know, like the name Amanda Amanda Seals or Michael James mm-hmm. Scott. Those were all my classmates. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, you could just imagine, you know, you see what they've become, you know, the genie in Aladdin and Amanda's like an amazing like comedian and just like TV personality. And there's more, I could just keep going on and on. Mm-hmm. But though that level of art to stream was happening when I was in high school, which is crazy, you know? That's incredible. And it was so inspiring. I mean, I don't think I really realized it as a teenager that, oh, wow, I'm like in this amazing artistic environment, but I was, and I had a lot of great teachers while I was at Dr. Phillips High School. So I would say my high school experience really fed that hunger, probably just what I'm telling you now to always want to do things at a higher level. And then I went on to undergrad at Southern Methodist University, and I had a I have still a wonderful mentor there, Carol Leone. And then I went on to the Cleveland Institute of Music, and I did the conservatory thing, and I'm happy to talk about that mm-hmm. too. And you know, being in a conservatory is a really intense experience for a musician, and 
I definitely think as a high school student, you know, being in that artistic environment, even though I didn't really realize that it was that high level at that age, you know, kind of prepared me for what I would experience at the conservatory. Um, and then I went on and got my doctorate degree at UT Austin. So, so yeah. Um, and I studied with Anton Nell there. And of course, you know, as a budding pianist, it's such an opportunity to be able to study with somebody who's a concert artist and out there doing it and all of that. So, yeah, I mean, I had some amazing mentors and some amazing experiences from a very young age um, as far as my musical development. And did I answer your question, Destiny? I yes, you answered, you answered my question perfectly. <laughs> so based on what I'm hearing you say, did you, you always wanted to pursue piano as a music as a career? Is that correct? I think when I got to high school and I was in that environment, that's when I knew like, oh, that's this is what I want to do. I don't think right. I knew that at age nine. I think it was mm-hmm. just more like, please give this child something to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but definitely, you know, I think for any of you who are just kind of, you know, trying to figure out what you want to do in life, period, trying to immerse yourselves in an environment that's one supportive, but also inspiring can really let you know that this is what you want to do. So finding those environments, if you don't think you have one where you're located, whether that's online or going to a summer music festival is really, really important, I believe, for a musician to nurture themselves to the next level. Exactly. That's, that's awesome advice that you've just given. So being, um, being in any field is not, it's not going to be a, a whole bed of roses. Not everything is perfect. Uh, that's in any field, any career that you pick. Um, but especially as musicians, we do have, um, there's a bit of a, I, I know when I talk to other people that are not in music, it's sort of seen as this, this magical experience, which to be honest, it is. Um, but at the same time, it's not a perfect experience. So, um, what are some obstacles before we get into what I am really most interested to hear about, which is your performance injury and how you bounce back from that? What are some obstacles that you faced, um, along your journey? Um, just, it it doesn't even just have to be specifically as a musician, just as a young woman, as a woman of faith, um, just what were some obstacles that you overcame that helped you to become more resilient? Hmm. Yeah. Well, I definitely think, you know, the performance injury is huge and I can talk about that separately. Um, but I think maybe looking back, cause you know, hindsight is always 2020. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I was always naturally very driven, very resilient, very like, you know, how do I get this done? I mean, I'm still kind of like that maybe on overdrive sometimes. Right. <laughs> um, but looking back, if I could think about, you know, an obstacle, or something that was maybe limiting, maybe that's a good way to put it, is I think uh, the industry. And, you know, kind of at the time that I was coming out of school, you know, it was very different. I actually had some time off between my master's degree and my doctorate degree. And, you know, getting my doctorate degree in the 2010s, (laughs) you know, the world Mm -hmm. just kept changing so fast. I mean, the world has changed so fast with technology in the last 20 years. And I think kind of when I was starting out, there's a lot of gatekeepers. There's still a lot of gatekeepers in our field. And I think being a Black woman in classical music with so many gatekeepers, which is not hard to see even now that there aren't that many Black right. women. Are there any? I don't and even know. I don't think there's any. Dr. McCain, I'm going to be honest with you. I saw you 
And another, um, the, another lady, I remember when I started, I saw you and her and I was like, let me follow because <laughs> I need a guide. I need <laughs> No, because I come from, I had a great piano teacher in high school. I have a great piano teacher now. And as women, I can identify with them, but it's something unique to be able to experience, to see your journey, you know, as a woman mm-hmm. of color. So go ahead and continue with what that was like. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, when I was coming through it, I don't think I thought it was a hindrance because I don't know. I think just, I mean, maybe I'm thankful that I didn't see it because I might've gotten discouraged. I probably would have gotten discouraged to think like, oh wait, there's nobody in any room that looks like me ever. Like there's no (laughs) professor. I mean, there were no, I mean, at SMU, there was one black professor at Cleveland Institute of Music. When I was there, there was no I don't think there was even a professor of color, unfortunately, like nobody, like, um, you know, at UT Austin, there were a couple at the time, but never in piano. You know, I never went to a festival or a competition where there was any adjudicator that was even of color. I mean, when I started thinking about it, (laughs) you think you're actually bringing up like, you know, musical trauma when I think about it, like, (laughs) wow, there's really nobody, like not even, you know, in our field, there's so many wonderful Asian pianists and I wasn't even seeing a lot of them in leadership positions. So Mm -hmm. I say that because, you know, now at a different place in my career, I see how that was limiting and how there were opportunities that my colleagues received, you know, at a, a younger or earlier part of their career that I did not. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I have to think about that. That is actually something I have to pray about because I'm like, wow, you know, so-and-so got that 10 years ago and I'm just getting it now and I have to still fight for it and like prove my value. Whereas, you know, their value was assumed. So, so yeah, I think that is something that was limiting, I would say, maybe not an obstacle, but because we all live in the generation we're born in and that's just what it is. Exactly. It can be a privilege and it can be an opportunity where you're like, I'm going to have to develop some strength. You know, I'm going to have to develop some resilience and and just be like, okay, these this is my situation. This is my circumstance. Um, how can I make the best of it while at the same time keeping myself healthy and acknowledging that, you know, the things you see are real. And um, just as, you know, since you are a woman of faith and I'm a woman of faith too, um, just leaning on God's help during those times can just really help us. So um, moving into that, you just mentioned a few obstacles that you face. Now, one that I was very, I read about this in, um, in something, it was an article, not an article you wrote, but you were featured on an Instagram page. And I remember watching this because this was something I experienced um, when I was younger. I used to have competitions. And I remember one year specifically, my wrist was, I was like, I don't feel like my wrist should just be shaking when I'm not doing anything. And I asked my teacher and I was like, hey, this is going on. And she she put me on restricted practice like immediately. Um, and it was before a competition. Um, so musicians go through performance injuries. Um, That's something that can really happen. So you had a performance injury. Could you give the listeners the story um, behind that? I'll let you speak on that fully. Yeah, sure. And thanks so much for asking. And, you know, I love that you asked because a lot of people don't talk about it and I'm Mm -hmm. more than happy to talk about it or most things really. So 
So yeah, my performance injury, or I guess I could say my journey through injury started, um, you know, when I was relatively young, actually, as a teenager. And I think a lot of people, when they're, you know, a teenager, you have like random pains, whatever, it goes away and you go about your life. So I think that's kind of what it was. You know, of course, hindsight being 2020, I realized that it was more of something that should have been taken care of or at least addressed in a different way, perhaps would have, you know, saved me some grief later, but who knows. So, you know, moving through my educational journey as an undergrad, it just got more intense. And then as a graduate student, it got more intense and I was practicing more. And, you know, as I mentioned, I'm kind of naturally driven. So in graduate school, being in Cleveland, if, you know, any of your listeners are from that part of the country or have been to that part of the country, they might know that the Cleveland Clinic was like a really renowned hospital. So I was really happy to be there because they had a performing arts clinic. And I thought, wow, well, this is great. You know, you can go to doctors who actually know something about musicians and maybe they'll have some different advices for me than what I've heard before. And the things I had heard before was, you know, ibuprofen, heating pad, ice, all that stuff, all the same things people do um, today. Mm -hmm. And when I went there, the doctor basically told me, well, I mean, you've got your muscles all riled up, so you're just going to have to rest. And I thought, wow, this is a neurosurgeon. Or, you know, I'm like, wow, I'm thinking I'm going to get more from, you know, a hospital of this stature and a doctor of this stature. So from that point, I kind of went on my own journey of through different alternative ideas and options, which I'm hurt. I'm sure many of your listeners and you probably know of like Alexander technique, you know, massage therapy, massotherapy. I even did like a muscle ultrasound therapy, yoga. I mean, all of the things. And I did Taubman as well. Something that pianists are maybe familiar with. Did you do any of that destiny yourself? I have not heard of that technique. No, ma'am. Okay. Yeah. So I, you know, I did all of the things and I definitely gained some benefits from doing those things, but it still, you know, left me in a place that was nothing like, you know, when I was at conservatory practicing six to eight hours a day, you know, I never was back to that. So I would maybe get an hour a day in. And so my practicing has become and still is way more efficient (laughs) because of that. Uh So, you know, moving on, when I got to my doctorate program in Austin, Texas, I heard of something called muscle activation techniques. And it's kind of an interesting story because, uh, you know, as a person of faith, I wanted to get back to playing in church. And I also thought that getting back to playing at church was sort of like a low maintenance thing you could do, (laughs) you know, like, was it like playing yeah. a rock concerto? <laughs> so <laughs> I I volunteered, you know, to play in the church band. You know, it's also, it was like several people playing. So I thought, well, I don't have to play all the notes. It'll just be like a lot easier way for me to kind of get back into things. So I did that church service and the rehearsal, and I just began to lose mobility and range of motion in my hands. And I was really in quite excruciating pain. And this has been, you know, from the beginning of this story to now about seven years. So I was really at a point where I thought, you know, man, maybe just God doesn't have this for me. I just need to quit. You know, I keep trying to play piano and it's just worse and worse and worse. 
And that's when I heard about muscle activation techniques. So, you know, long story short, from that point, I've been treated with muscle activation techniques, completely restored my career. I mean, I didn't have a career before because I couldn't play anything. (laughs) I couldn't play even five minutes a day. I couldn't play Yankee Doodle or Happy Birthday for my youngest of students. So, I mean, I essentially didn't have a hand because of this, this injury and with muscle activation techniques, I mean, all of that has been restored. So, so it's like a hallelujah moment <laughs> and, and yes. a miracle all at the same time. <laughs> so that yeah, yeah. I've been become really an advocate for that, that um, method. And, you know, you're welcome to ask me more about it, but that's kind of it. That's yeah. What were some, what were some things that got you through that time? Because that's that's devastating um, to not even be able to because at the same time you want to play, you want to get better. And then you can't because if you do push yourself any further, you will ruin this forever. You know, so what are some things that got you through that? You know, that could be mental health. That could be um, your relationship with God. What were some things that got you through that? Yeah, that's a good question too. I mean, that was a really difficult dark time. So I'm not going to lie and say it was super easy. And, you know, at the time people were really talking about like mental health and stuff. So it was, it did not occur to me to like go and reach out for help or do anything like that. I did have a lot of friends, you know, something I didn't mention is I also had like two car accidents during that time. I lost mobility in my neck. Like I was diagnosed with patella syndrome and plantar fasciitis, just everything. It seemed like everything that could go wrong in one's body in their 20s did. (laughs) And and so I had a lot of friends who were just willing to help and encourage me. And so I think mentally that's what got me through. And then, of course, prayer. I mean, I would go to my church and be like, you know, please pray for healing for me. And, you know, it didn't happen right away, which is really can be discouraging for a lot of people. Um, but, you know, I think having faith and continuing to press through when you know that God's given you some purpose and you don't know how you're going to get there is really what helped me to get to the other side of that. That's incredible. And wow, you've overcome so much. <laughs> I did not know you had two other car accidents. And that's just on top of a performance injury and going through all of these other things that really you really do have to dig deep. Um, trusting God and and taking care of your mental health. Um, exactly. So what is some advice that you would give to young women? First, what is some advice that you would give to young women looking to pursue their dreams? Yeah, that's also a great question, Destiny. You're so good at this. Um, <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, I think especially for young women, I love that, you know, the, in your H-E-R, her is resilience. I think that's Mm -hmm. huge. I mean, I think that's huge for anybody really kind of regardless of um, their gender or or ethnicity. But I think particularly for women, just the historical kind of lesser than mentality in a lot of fields, you really need to be resilient to not let that bog you down when you're in a room where nobody looks like you, you know, there are, it's all white men, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and you maybe question your value or maybe you don't question your value because you know how fabulous you are, but other people in the room are questioning your value or there's microaggressions and you feel that, you know, all of us feel that. Mm -hmm. 
And so I think that resilience piece is so important. So surrounding yourself with other people who are resilient and aren't going to feed into that negativity that you might be getting in certain spaces is really, really important. That's awesome. Um, Finally, uh, dealing with resilience. um, That was the last question that I had for you. Dealing with resilience moving forward in your life. Based on all of the things that you've experienced, all the things that you've learned, what are some final takeaways? Like you said, hindsight is twenty twenty. What are some final takeaways that you have? What are some uh, some plans you have for the future? And any parting things you would like to say as we close? Oh, so many things. Um, well, I, I think the resilience piece. I, I you know, <laughs> that's that's huge. I think for all of us yeah. throughout our entire lives, because we never know what life is going to throw at us. You know. Just when I thought I had my performance injury figured out, then I realized I needed to deal with racism. You know, it's like, oh, man. Oh, yes. <laughs> it never stops. Right. I'm like, I don't know what is worse. Yeah. So, you know, I think, you know, if you are a person considering faith or you are a person of faith, I mean, that is something, you know, thinking that there is something bigger than yourself really is useful. So that's my advice there. And as far as upcoming, I guess this is the moment I tell you all the things I do, where to find me. So, <laughs> Right. Yes, ma'am. Where can our listeners connect with you on social media and your website or any other things you'd like to Yeah. Know? So I'm Artina McCain everywhere. Um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I'm not on TikTok. Maybe I should do that. But I lurk. <laughs> <laughs> I think you would be good on TikTok. I think I think that would be fun if you want to. But I'm I'm not on TikTok either. So I've dabbled in Clubhouse, but I, I I'm leery of what people say there. So right, right. <laughs> anyway, I'm Artina McCain everywhere, so you can find me that way. Um, also at my website, um, I also McCain duo with my husband. It's two C's. And upcoming things are live concerts. So yes. yeah, I you know please do follow me because we. We will be getting out and touring again. We have a gig in Houston and looks like I need to come to Pensacola, Florida. (laughs) That would be a treat. That would, that would be amazing. So yeah, just, you know, finding out there's quite a few places that will be coming to, um, that haven't been announced. So solo and master classes. So I just can't wait to see people and interact and, you know, see all these faces again. It's going to be really exciting. Exactly. That's so exciting. Well, I just want to tell you, thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast. This has been such a real treat. And I honestly do hate to close because it's been such a joy to talk to you. Um, Like I said, you've been someone that I've admired from afar and having you on this episode truly was an honor. So um, for our listeners, whether you were, whether you are a musician or uh, whether you're studying to be in business management or studying to be an engineer or a secretary, anything you do, what Dr. McCain has said here has been so applicable to everything we're about on the podcast and everything that can benefit you as a young lady. Um, So uh, resilience is something I feel is such a huge theme in all of our lives at this point. We, if not anything, you've made it through a pandemic. Um, But I know there's a lot more that other people have gone through. So just One of the main takeaways to take from this is just be resilient. Just know that no matter what obstacle you face, 
it may not be the outcome you want. It may, it may be the outcome you want, or it may not be, um, but just really do lean on God's help. Uh, take care of your mental health, take care of yourself while you're pursuing your dreams. Um, and that's all for today. So um, thank you once again, Dr. McCain. We appreciate you so much for being on here. And um, if you would like to follow the podcast for our listeners, the podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, honestly, any place where podcasts are streamed. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Becoming Her Pod. And we will see you all on the next episode. Bye.